The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com Radio Fam, welcome back. You probably didn't think that I was going to be back, but nope, I am here to bring you Season 8, Episode 7. This week I've got BJ Shea, um, and growing up in the Washington State area, it's kind of cool to have him on here because I do remember him. I actually did listen a lot to their uh, men's station, 100.7 The Buzz, which eventually flipped to 100.7 The Wolf, and that's that first station that I started working promotions at in Seattle. Um, This episode is also a little unique uh, because if you pay attention, if you watch the um, video versions of these at theradiofam.tv, This episode was actually edited with probably 85% uh, AI video editor. Um, It's like a extension for Adobe Premiere called Autopod. Um, And I have a link to the description link in the description to this. It is not an affiliate link. Um, But I also um, and then, yeah, the audio actually, because, you know, I'm always all over the place with my audio here um, is actually I wanted to try out a tool also with Adobe, a free enhancement tool. Um, Chris Cruz did a review of it and I put my audio through it also. And I was like, sweet, sounds better than what I had. Um, so I actually put a link to the description also of Chris uh, Chris's video on YouTube so you can uh, check that out as well if that's something you want to play around with. Again, the tool is completely free, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so again, thanks for coming back, and I'm excited to have BJ Shea. Thank you. I could take it all the way back to childhood, and thanks to therapy, um, I was the entertainer of the family. That's how I had value in the family. So I would, you know, dance for the parents so that they would not be mad at me. Uh, so I would tell jokes, do whatever I could, uh, because... Um, you know, my other siblings had value and I kind of was like, I'm not sure what I bring to the table. And uh, so that's so I started doing stuff like that and would um, would then go on radio stations when I was younger to try to win tickets. And that's when I got the bug just because I found my I thought I was more entertaining than the people that were mad that this 13 year old was going on the radio, bothering them for tickets, but they couldn't get any other callers. So. They, uh, for, to hear them scream and yell at the call screeners, like, why are you letting this kid through again? And it's like, we don't have anybody else, Jim. What do you want? It's a late night show, Jim. He's the only idiot here. The, 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 I, there was one time I scammed this AM talk show as they had this um, professor on talking about eye issues. And so I called in with an eye problem. And, and he said, sure thing. What, and so I told him I could only see in shades of green. I said, I, I'm not colorblind, but all I can see is in shades of green. Everything is green. Everything is green. Everything is green. And he, so the host was like, I have never heard of such a thing. And then, and, and, and the guest was like, the optometrist was like, wow. I mean, we've, and he's going through all the different types of colorblindness. He said, but never shades of green. I feel sorry for you. And I go, oh, don't worry. It was a temporary problem. And I go, what do you mean it's a temporary problem? I said, well, I tripped and my sunglasses fell off and everything was fine after that. And the pause and then the host was so mad. Sometimes you'll have that happen. I thought, okay, I this that that was a lot of power. And so uh, as a prank caller, I, I thought, okay, I think I have I think I have a place somewhere in this business <laughs> somewhere. Then what actually got you in it? So how'd you actually get into the radio? I um I I was I was working in a supermarket and 
the guy that was in charge, we just got to know each other. Is uh, I was basically the guy that swept the floors and bagged the groceries, and he was the one in charge of the front area, the checkout area. And so we got to know each other. And then later on down the road, he left, and I kept working at the supermarket. And somehow, some way, I found out he got into radio as I was also going to broadcasting school. And somebody said, hey, did you know that uh, Dean is doing radio? And I mean, like the guy from the supermarket? And so I got in touch with him and told him I was getting into radio, and he knew I was out of my mind. And he thought, you know what, this would work. And so he was the one that gave me my first real job in the business. I'd done some internships and free radio at places, but I would say my first big break came working with uh, my buddy Dean James, uh, who still does voice work in Dallas uh, and ended up becoming a program director. He was a talent, but he ended up going into programming. Uh, but we worked together for in the supermarket and then we worked together in radio. So it was kind of, was kind of fun. And I was his producer at the time and it was short lived, but that was how I got my foot in the door and then just Bounced around a lot of uh, Massachusetts AM radio stations. Um, I'm not sure I was ever on an FM for a long time. And then eventually um, I worked with Dean again, and we worked at an FM station in Boston for about 20 seconds. But it was uh, it was there that I met his news person, and she brought me to Rochester, and that's where I got to work with Brother Wheeze. That's when my career finally took off as I got to work with who I somebody who I believe is one of the greatest the business has ever seen, and that's how I I think that's how I really learned how to do good radio. How long after that then did you first end up in Seattle? Because that's just what's crazy to me is that you know I moved away for fifteen years, but prior to that I you know was working for actually for Odyssey but Intercom at the time. So I know you know BJ Shea like the name was just really big like I knew of you. So it's just it's also really crazy that you're on my podcast now, <laughs> but like. How soon after that? I'm trying to put it in perspective to me. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, that was in the early. Uh, that was in the late '80s. That one I'm talking about. And then I joined. Uh, I joined. I went to Seattle in 1999, and we did, and then and worked at a, a, a talk show there. Midday uh, talk. The station you might know, the Buzz. Uh, and then we switched over to the, yeah, the radio for guys. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was a fun uh, a fun format. Uh, I don't know if you could do that format today, but it was a fun format just because we were unabashed. We were just like, look, this is radio for guys. Too bad. And, um, you know, so it was it was a lot of fun to work in that environment. And that was something I'd never really done. I'd done some male radio before, but it was a rock station in Rochester. Lots of female radio. I'd done a lot of female. Matter of fact, I'd come from a female targeted radio station, and they were like, "We want you to work on this radio station for guys." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I uh, just got done like you know, ta- talking about Merrill's Place, which was the big soap at the time. I'm like, all right, I'll see what I can do." Uh, but a good performer figures it out, and so I had to turn it around and act like this alpha male guy, which I wasn't really doing for many, many years prior. Uh, and then we switched over to the rock station, which even though that's still a guyish format, it wasn't like radio for guys. Women were welcome to come listen. A lot of a lot of a lot of women like rock, so we changed it differently. But that was back in '06, and that's where I've been since. Um, all but geez, wow, is it 15ish years? Maybe even more. Yeah, Marie, it's 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 so awesome to see. Uh, people like you loving our business and wanting to be in it. It's because it's it, it just is a great mirror for me to go. Yeah, I remember. I remember being that 
that's just like, please give it to me. I want to want to be in it. I want to all I just don't I don't want to stop. Now that I'm getting older, too, it's interesting to, for me to watch now the young 20 somethings that are coming in it and still. And it's kind of it's neat because, you know, there's a lot of people where you can ask them, though, they're like, I don't know what radio is. But then you have other ones that are just like, oh, no, I do. And I want to be a part. Yeah. And, and radio, you know, is the device, but actually the entertainment is is audio entertainment, which is what we've always been in. And uh, so that's a it's a weird thing when people go, hey, what radio? It's like, oh, no, we're audio entertainers. And, you know, there's so many of those and so many different different things, you know, whether you're somebody who's really entertaining with some video thrown in or you just have a podcast or you do like we do. Uh, but then. You know, us folks in radio now, there's so much with, with all the apps and everything there. There is a video aspect to just doing radio. And a lot of stations have the cameras in the studio so you can watch them do the show. So it's all getting very blurry. So I, audio entertainer, sometimes video entertainer, you know, uh, I, I don't know what you call us, but entertainer is not a bad label. Performer is pretty good. Yeah, I, I do like that you say that, too, because then that just also, I think, kind of proves a point that I'm always talking about, too, that don't, you know, we're at a time now that if you do get shut out from the radio, you know, or you get taken off the air, that you're not just completely done for. You know, when, when you could only be on the radio or TV or a magazine, that's all you had. But now you can do like this. Like, I'm not on the air, but I can go put out this content of you and I on video and on audio and be entertaining for people. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. That our business uh, doesn't have casting directors, at least I would say the radio thing. I think that's something that television, movies, Broadway, uh, they have casting directors. And we don't have that. And therefore, a lot of great talent slips through the cracks, in my opinion. And uh, it's very frustrating for me to talk to people who are in power and go, hey, I just saw a great talent and to have that one person who's the gatekeeper, who's overworked, who maybe isn't even qualified to judge talent, all of a sudden go, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, it recently happened where I, uh, I, I, I was, I won't say which event, but I was in an event and I really noticed a great talent. I really, really like this person. And so I started talking to everybody about this person. And all of a sudden, all of the people that are in power were just like, I don't know, I don't know. And, and, you know, they they just had some really, I thought, just dumb comments. And um, I also thought, well, they didn't get to spend time with this person. I ended up spending time with this person. I said, okay, let me, let me learn more about them. And uh, it was wonderful to just sort of learn about them, go back and forth in conversation. And I thought, man, what a great talent. And it's like nobody has the time to notice or nobody has the vision to notice because frankly a lot of these people aren't on air a lot of these people have never done a successful morning show so it frustrates me to go what qualifies you to judge talent when you've never done it yourself and frankly i listen to you and talk with you and you're a very boring individual i just i don't understand why you're the gatekeeper of talent um, and that I, it sucks because in our business, there's a lot of that. And I think we need more voices really looking at talent, more people looking at talent. We don't have that. And like you said, Marie, because those folks can go somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, wow, look at this person who's talented on YouTube. Look at them on TikTok. And it's like, well, that could have been somebody in our business. But you got somebody who's well, who looks like me, old and gray, who's like, oh, I know everything. It's like, no. You don't. 
I mean, I hear that a lot too with social media, that these people are putting these social media benchmarks that you have to hit, but there are people that don't even use it themselves. So why are they talking these numbers? Uh, it, it, but you, you know this, a lot of people know this, when you have a small number of people making decisions who are overworked, that's never a good thing. I, not from an artistic standpoint, it's never a good thing. And that's where it takes, sometimes it just takes a talent to go, you know what, I know better than them, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. When I worked, when I first came to Seattle, the company gave me their C-level people to work with. So they're, they're telling me, go do a successful show, but they're not giving me good people. Now, by their standards, they're not giving me good people to the point where they, they were like laughing about, oh, you got these guys. And I, like you said, I started talking to them and realized they have no idea what gold they have here. They gave me a guy, they gave me a hearing impaired phone screener. They never even bothered to ask. They didn't even know that he had a hearing impairment. And I was live on the air with this guy and he wasn't putting any callers through. And I could see the phones ringing. And I, so I would get on the air. I go, dude, why don't we have, oh, they're not that good. These people. And I'm like, look, I got another 10 minutes to fill. I was like, just put anybody on. And he's still not putting anybody on. Finally, I just, what is your problem? The phone, he goes, I can't hear them. I'm hearing impaired. And I just, you know, of course, my mind is like, oh my gosh, this is gold. How is it my company gives me a person who cannot hear who actually is screening the calls? It's just, what? But then, and, 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 and he ended, but he ended up, of course, I make lemonade out of lemons. He ends up being a great character on our show because I sat with him afterwards and I said, why are you in this industry? And he said, well, and he told me, and he, and he had some bits, and he says, I, I'm afraid to play my bits for you because they la the company laughed at them. Like, they, they really mistreated this poor guy, and they made fun of him. And so I listened to his stuff, and it was horrible. But, Marie, it was so horrible, I thought, this is funny. Like, it's so bad, we're going to make this good. And so I, put, I brought him aside. I go, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make fun of your stuff, but it's so bad that it's really good. But I said, we're all entertainers. I'm not making fun of you to make fun of you. This is part of the show. Are, do you want to be part of this? Do you want to be this guy who we're going to make fun of? And he was like 100% on board because I didn't do it by like laughing at him. I said, no, it's going to be part of the show. Do you want me to do this? He said, yes. And his stuff was great. Like the listeners loved this guy. He ended up being our sports guy and he knew nothing about sports. He ended up getting his own merchandise table because I used to complain about not getting T-shirts and he went and got his own through Etsy. And so that was the big joke. He'd go to our appearances and set up his table with his cups and his shirts and we had nothing. And it was a great. And so it's like, you're right. If you, if you don't talk to those people and just dismiss them or make fun of them, which is what sometimes some people in our business do, the gatekeeper mentality, you will miss out on gold. Our show was so popular because of guys like him, uh, it, because I just took who was around me and said, oh my gosh, you're going to be great, dude. I've got a perfect way we can use you. Let's have fun. But you have to respect people. You have to bring them in and going, we're all equal. You're going to be this character. I'm going to be that character. When the mics are off, nobody should pick on anybody. We are all on the same stage, and we're all as equally important. And I think that's the key, as opposed to maybe sometimes it's not communicated that way, and people really feel like they're being made fun of. And they don't feel like they're part of the whole show as a respected member. Yep. And and all that took you was just one extra step, just a few extra seconds before to go on and say that, which a lot of people, you know, are, again, we I know we joke about it a lot in radio that we're terrible at communicators, even though we're in the communications business. <laughs> Our business doesn't focus on the art enough. It's all about science. 
and not about art. And science is definitely important. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I am so happy for the Fred Jacobs of the world because if not for Fred, there's a lot of stuff we'd be missing and we wouldn't be maximizing our ability to be great. And there's nowhere near a, a amount of art. Everybody seems to be trying to be like Fred Jacobs, which, okay, good luck to you. There's only one Fred Jacobs. And nobody's trying to be a person that will appeal to somebody on an artistic level and get you jazzed up and remind you why we love doing this. Some people are scientists. A lot of us are artists. We're very underserved in this industry. Artists are very underserved. And I think that's why uh, there's some miserable people in our industry because they're like, why is it? Why don't? Why doesn't it? Why, what's going on? No one's speaking to me. If I hear another sports analogy from my manager, I think I'm going to just. I think I'm just going to bury my head in the toilet. If I have to hear another sports analogy, uh, or 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 if somebody goes tells me your show's like Seinfeld, which is like what an 80 year old show for crying out, it's like oh my god, please be quiet and stop talking to us. And I'm a big person where it's like I would rather talk to you, Marie, give you a lot of great ideas. And then let you share them with people because people are going to listen to you because you look like you. They've heard enough from people who look like me. It's like, and I, and I tell people who look like me, it's like, dude, no shortage of heterosexual, cisgendered, old dude opinions. There's no shortage of that around the world. So, so it's like, if you think you have a good idea, go find another person that people will listen to and tell that person your ideas. And if they like them, they'll tell other people. Otherwise, if they don't like them, then maybe it wasn't a great idea in the first place. But, uh, I mean, nobody wants to sit and listen to your PowerPoint presentation, you know, from a, you know, an 80-year-old guy going, here's our, what do you think you should do? It's like, oh, my God, please. That's a good segue, too. I've, another pattern I've picked up on that's come up a lot from people is that they've, that I was inspired by BJ Shea after having an hour-long conversation with him at the bar or having an hour-long conversation with him right there. So I'm like, what? You sure inspire a lot of people by having these deep yeah. conversations, which a lot of them seem to ha happen at boot camp. So I, have you always kind of been that guy or did it kind of develop into that? Or Marie, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, uh, I uh, It's so exciting and wonderful to meet talent that want to talk the business from an artistic standpoint. Usually it happens at boot camp. That's that's my favorite thing to do. A lot of people like to go to boot camp and they want to go and see the sites and do the bars and go out and watch ball games. And for me, it's like, I don't, these are my people. I want to, to be with them as much as possible. And if I go to a bar, it's very loud. So there's no conversation really. Uh, so I'm always of the mindset, I will stay at the bar. And if anybody wants to talk about this business, I love the art of the business. Let's do it. And yeah, it's great when somebody just is so excited about the business as I am that next thing you know, they're there for an hour and their friends go, are we not going out? Yeah, I'll catch you later. And I just, you know, it's I, I love that because it's like you're like me. You're a crazy person that loves this industry because um, I do. I do. I, I I just not everybody wants to have those conversations. I get it. Pretty much nobody I know really you know, like like Steve. The last thing Steve wants to do is listen to is talk to me for an hour. Um, but there are people that do. And when that happens, I'm so happy because they love the business that like you can see the artist in them and you can see they don't get to have those conversations. And it just makes a difference. That's why I do it. I, I, I think at least once a year, talk to somebody like you who gets you. And hopefully that'll keep you going for a little bit. Um, you know, and, and you know that. I mean, we met so many great people last year and I just love it. I just love 
talking the biz and inspiring folks and just going, hey, man, that's awesome. Keep going. Let's do it. To your point again, while you're, you know, saying that we're getting more of the, you know, the PowerPoint presentations versus the art stuff. You're right. It's like so these networking opportunities, whether, you know, and they seem to happen a lot at boot camp, but even, you know, locally when we did one, too. It's, just, you know, there is something about that because those people just get you, you know, it's kind of like when you bring like, you know, when somebody has like a friend or a spouse or something that like, you know, isn't in the business. So like they may support, but they just don't quite get it like those other people. And and especially with how we're disconnecting, you know, with everything being so digital and all that, too. It's just hard to get those connections. So like so it's nice, you know, I'm, I'm excited even more for things like boot camp to be able to do that more and really kind of push the fact that. It's about the networking and making those connections because you can get so much inspired by having the artist conversation than sitting and listening to the PowerPoint. And Marie, let me just say how awesome uh, Bootcamp is these days because of your involvement. Um, I don't know if I want to give Danny any credit because, you know, what, Danny Danny's already like thinks he's too amazing. Uh, but but I do remember the early days of Bootcamp uh, when um, Elisa and Allison were involved and they were terrific people. And Don Anthony's a great guy and, you know, always does his best every year to put on a great boot camp. And every once, you know, depending on who's working with him, helping him does make a difference. And, you know, ever since you got involved, I have noticed that, man, boot camp is it's it's got the magic again, in my opinion. It's just got that great magic. It's great to see the crowd that you and the radio fam that you have created. It, it's great to see the energy that you guys bring. It's needed and I just I just love it because it makes me think that our business is vibrant and thriving when you see all of these just young, alert, intelligent beings who are just buzzing about with like just amazing electricity about this industry. It's like, yeah, this is what it was like 30 years ago when we had the first boot camp. Everybody was so stoked. I mean, yeah, sure, you had a bunch of people that might have, you know, some people that were, you know, whatever. And then, you know, and I might have been one of those people. Uh, but, you know, there was some really cool people, too. And the coolness is back, man. And so hats off to you. Uh, and, of course, I love Don. Don, is, Don has been great to me over the years, so I'll always have a lot of love for Don. Thank you. It's, it's awesome. And it's, it does help, again, with people like you guys, too, the people that have been there a long time and that are excited about the coming of the two. Because I think you have the ones that are like, what are all these young people doing on our turf? But then you have the ones that are welcoming and like, we need it. We want to combine this energy and help excite each other. I swore at a very young age that I was not going to be that old person because I was so frustrated in my 20s dealing with old people. Uh, and I was at a convention and actually it was a Don Anthony convention uh, along with Gabe Hobbs. And I won't say the gentleman's name, but I was there along with uh, with uh, Rich Schrittenlieb from Toucher and Rich. And um, a very amazingly successful show in Boston. And we were there at this talk show convention. And they were like, we don't know how to get young people to listen to talk radio. We don't know what to do. And they're going back and forth on the panel. And Rich is in the crowd. I'm in the crowd. Both of us having successful talk shows at the time. And finally, Gabe Hobbs, another old guy, just stood up and said, guys, for crying out loud, we go out of our way to invite all of these people that could help us. You got two people in the room that can tell you how to get young people. Why don't you ask them? So the old dude who was like, who's, who said, I don't know how to, he looks at us and then immediately ignores us and goes on to something else. Like, even though the guy that put on the conference called him out and I swore, I said, oh my God, I don't ever want to be that guy. It's so sucky to have people look right through you 
And especially when you are accomplished, it's like, you know, you're not a scrub. You're not somebody that hasn't done anything. So if anybody goes to boot camp, they obviously have a show. They've obviously paid their way. They obviously are in the business. How do you dismiss somebody like that? I just, I said, I'd never want to be that old and that clueless. I just don't ever, if I am, I just told my kids, you need to beat me. Just take a stick and start beating me if I get to be that way. If there's room for the two and to work together. And I think even with me going through it, I think that's a lot of why the Radio Fam is also a thing because I was kind of tired of that too. It was like, I have these ideas and these great things that should work very well and they're and we're not doing them, we're not listening simply because either I'm a female or I'm too young or whatever. But then I'm learning and talking to some people that, and even just because somebody's in like market 300 something, they still have just valuable things to say as somebody in a top 10. You know, it's just a matter of personality. It's, you know, it's the heart of the artist and I, you're, you, I remember when we took our daughter to, to we were trying to find like a school for her to go to for performing arts. And so I talked to my buddy Gary Bryan, who does great radio at K Earth in L.A. And he he's been a friend. And I said, Gary, I don't know what to do, what school to go to. He says, you know what, BJ, I'll, I have a friend. Let me see if they'll let you uh, talk to them. So not only let me talk to them, but they invited me over to their home in, in the in the L.A. area. So, you know, we go there with Sarah. I don't know who these people are. First of all, and they're inviting me into their house. So my wife went over, I went over, and Sarah went over. And we're talking to them. And there's this sweet family, the father and the mother. And it's a modest home. And then the daughter's coming out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, as we're talking, I'm like, I think that I, I think I recognize that girl. Where have I seen that girl? And Sarah immediately, eyes wide open, I guess she was in a couple of Disney performances, like she was in Disney shows that Sarah had watched. And um, Haley Kiyoko's her name. I, I, she played Velma in one of the Scooby-Doo movies. She was in Lemonade Mouth. All of a sudden, I'm looking at their fireplace. I'm seeing all of these Emmys. Turns out the mother was a an Emmy-winning choreographer for the Olympics. And the father was part of a great comedy team that used to be on The Tonight Show a lot. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like, I have no, I'm like what are we doing in your house? Where do these randos? And, and the family, the whole thing, they were like, it's about the art for us. We do not let us or our kids get blinded by all of the fame and fortune. That's why we live way out the hell where we live. And that's why we have this modest home, we, you know, and we have a good life. But we really wanted the kids and us to remember it's about the art. And when people remember it's about the art, they will never treat other people badly. They're not going to gatekeep. They know how wonderful the connection is between anybody who does this business or any entertainment business for the art. You don't gatekeep. You want people to come in. You're like, oh, you love this like I love this? Oh, come on in. Let's be buddies talking about how much we love this. It, and then all of a sudden, there's no age. There's no look. It's not like, oh, my God, you're part of the pretty crew or you're part of this crew. No, we're all part of the crazy radio artist people. And I, that's what so. And unfortunately, not everybody in the business is an artist. And that's not just radio. There's a lot of businesses where people go in for fame and fortune, Marie. But if you find the artists, the ones that put art first, some of them are lucky and they got fame and fortune too, but they still put art first. Those are the people that you are going to go, ah, oh, I love being around these people. Uh, and there's a lot of them in our industry. And there's a lot that are not in our industry, that are in our industry that are not like that. And, you know, I mean, you just got to navigate around them. What can you I always joke on here that 
it, it'd be cool to take all the amazing people that are all talented and have the heart and all that and just makes one a big radio station you know that just but we're all like in different places so it's like this hypothetical one that doesn't quite exist not a, it's not a bad idea, a superstar station of artists that are, or, or just some sort of giant podcast. Who knows what that would be? Um, I love that idea. That's the, for me, it's like if, if, if when, I, when I have time or maybe retired or whatever, that would be a thing I'd like, yeah, what do you need? What can I do? How can I help? Uh, because I, I love that. I, I love that idea. Uh, we're fortunate at our show because we've just been insulated so well. Um, and we've got a great staff. I, I, I that we're really fortunate uh, from the top down, from the you know, from the market manager to almost everybody that works at KISW. We're so fortunate because everybody nurtures all of it. Uh, even even our sales department is very very friendly and respectful for how we be. It's it's I know we are so lucky because I know that not every situation is like that. Uh, that's why I bring this up. Because I know how fortunate we are, and I don't want to just sit here and go, what, not everybody has a great station and has a great staff, has great management? You don't have that? I know that we are so, you know, it's really the golden goose, the unicorn. I know how fortunate we are, and I have a lot of empathy for my brothers and sisters out there that don't work in such a great situation like we do. From a staff standpoint, um, I've noticed that about you guys, too. So even even if management sucked and all that, you at least have more bodies to be able to get this stuff done and why that these these machines can keep working better and people can, you know, and just have the content coming out. You know, you guys are always, you know, there's social media, there's video, there's, you know, I see the the reshares of, you know, the stuff that you guys do on the weekends, how that's being reshared, you know, the week and how it relates back to listeners. And, and you know, and it's just like, gosh, if, if every station at least had that, especially on their morning show, I mean, there's some morning shows, it's, you know, just the two people, they don't even have producers, you know, it's just... It's sad. Well, I will say this. It's not just the station's fault. I, I've i had a lot of great conversations with, with talent where they, 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 they say, oh, the station is responsible. We can't do A, B, and C. And, and yet I know that the morning host or maybe hosts earn the lion's share of the money and then expect the station to somehow like stock the rest of the show. And it's like, well... If you're taking the big piece of the pie and there's no more pie, what, what do you want them to do? Um, I, I like I take a look at the Burt show. The Burt show is a great example of where Burt has always it's, it's just like it seems like Burt always has enough people to get done what needs to be done. And that's why that's such a great show. Uh, you, you can tell when people are not overworked. Now, I it's not like I know everybody in the Burt show, but the show sounds fresh. People sound alert, alive. When you see them at boot camp, I mean, Kristen and Mo, I mean, you meet them and you go, my God, what should, they're such fun and nice people. And there's a reason for that, I believe. It means that, okay, they don't have to, they're not, they're just not overworked. They're just not just done. And so I sometimes question the hosts of a show and go, all right, what's the disparity here? You know, uh, I could easily be a jerk and have less people on the show. But then, of course, the show would suffer. I would suffer. But sometimes some hosts just don't see it that way. I've I've had a lot of heated discussions with other hosts about this who think that I'm crazy and just get, get all the money you can and let the station worry about staffing the rest of the show. And then they complain about they don't have a good staff on their show. And it's like, well, okay. Investing. I mean, it goes a big Bobby Bones thing, too. It's kind of investing in the show, kind of proving that you can do something. You know, and then having more leverage to say, hey, we need more people on here. And I've proved that I can handle this. You got to walk the talk. It's like a, you, you take a look at, all right, you know, uh, if you if 
you know, you can take X amount of dollars and keep it for yourself. Or could you take that money and get somebody on board, which frees up everybody else, including yourself? I think that's money well spent as opposed to like, do I really need that extra bit of money that I could have paid somebody else? That's been my attitude. Uh, again, because I don't need a lot. I just know what I need for retirement. I know what I need to, you know, I'm not a person that likes, uh, I don't have extravagant luxuries outside of a board game collection, but luckily that's affordable, uh, <laughs> supposedly. Um, but, you know, I'm not a big luxury car guy. I don't have to have boats. I don't have to, you know, I, you know, I'm not into jewelry. I'm just, so my tastes are very low. I don't really care about going to crazy fine restaurants. And so for me, quality of life at work it's a very stressful job, Marie. This job, my therapist told me, this job, just if everything's going perfectly, is still one of the most highly stressful jobs you can have in America, like on the level of air traffic controller. That's when everything's going perfectly. So if you then make it go less than perfect, it's then beyond stressful. And that's why we have so many issues. That's why management goes, I don't understand why talent is so unstable. It's like, dude, this is a but this is a pressure cooker that no human being should be able to tolerate, which, by the way, no average human being could. And even then, the above average human beings that can, they only can go so far before they're going to blow. And it, 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 it manifests in so many different ways that are not mentally healthy. And then you've got management that doesn't understand why. It's like, well, you need to understand that industry. And so many managers don't understand exactly what we do. They don't. Again, I am so lucky because I have management that gets it and has always got it and has always treated us well. It is uh, maybe one of the reasons why I don't leave here uh, because you never know what you you can go to any market size. By the way, there's no guarantee that if you go higher or lower that you're going to get good management. Um, Seattle is this Seattle the Odyssey cluster is very special. And I, I would, I, I don't think there's a better cluster in Odyssey. And look, I've been to some other Odyssey clusters. Very nice people. I just think we've got the best. There's a few people that have like related to this, like they've said it about themselves. Um, but people that I think you kind of said like back in the day, you were more of like, I guess an asshole maybe, and are have gone through therapy and worked on yourself. <laughs> I don't know. You, you were just, Marie, and, and you're not, and Marie, you worked on the that had. That has to be the most adorable way to put that. I, uh, you were like, uh, I don't know, I get some hassle. <laughs> and but then you, uh, yes. And, and let me just say proudly, proudly, I still am an asshole. I think there's a, you know, and I say that with Boston pride. Uh, and it's taken me, and I, you know, I've been doing a lot of deep therapy sessions lately. As a matter of fact, getting to be at peace with who I am and how I present in this world. I am very caustic. I am a lot. I am intense. You can only take me in doses. And, uh, you know, and I think if you could talk to anybody, my wife would be the first one to tell you, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, she's a saint for taking me as long as she has because she spends the most time around me. And yes, I had to work on a lot of my issues, but not change who I am. Sometimes, when I, I thought for a while, I thought, man, I'm broken and I need to change who I am. And it's like, no, I don't need to change who I am. I just need to fix my thinking about me. I had a lot of bad thinking about myself, which manifest in projections on other people. And therapy helped me realize, dude, you have a lot of self-hatred. It's not them hating you. It's you hating you. 
And that's a tough one to face. But for me, I had to face that because, you know, then 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 you play back all your history, Marie. Oh, my God. You go back and watch all the movies of your life and go, oh, my God, I'm the villain of that story. I thought it was somebody else. I'm Darth Vader in every movie. Oh, it's like that Luke moment. You are the villain. No! Oh, ben, why did you tell me? Um, and so, yes, and so that's, and I'm still on, it's an every, I think it's a never-ending journey because there's always something that I go, oh, crap, I haven't gone down this hall, and I thought I was good here, but it turns out I still got some stuff to work on. But the key for me is to go, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah, I'm caustic. Yeah, I'm a lot. Yeah, I'm a big mouth. Yeah, I can't seem to have a filter, but I'm awesome. If I can be there, then... To me, that's the secret, as opposed to I need to get rid of all these qualities. I just need to refine my thoughts of me, and then those qualities are awesome. You know, I know when not to be caustic. I know when not to be a jerk. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have more awareness of other people so that I can go, this is not the time for something stupid. Uh, or sometimes maybe this is the time for something stupid. But when I was so focused on me hating me and thinking I'm a jerk, I wasn't noticing everybody else and therefore wasn't able to read the room because I wasn't paying attention to the room. And on some level, I think a lot of human beings have that. I just had it on an extreme level to the point where I needed to go to therapy. I personally think therapy would be great for everybody. But, you know, people, something, sometimes people just go, no, I don't need it. And you know what? If they're functioning, they maybe they don't need it. I was having a hard time functioning. Um, I wasn't successful in my marriage, my job as a parent. I was failing everywhere. And so my agent, I love Paul Anderson, my agent, along with my wife, were just like, dude, you need to go. This will be good for you. Go get some help. And um, that happened oh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I'm still knee deep in that. I'm surely not perfect. You know, I, I got lots of drama that I have to wade through. I do believe, though, I'm a lot better. And uh, and that's that. And, and I do believe Tomorrow, I'll even be better, you know, as long as I continue down this path that works for me. It's also good for me in the business to learn about myself because then you learn about others and go, oh, oh, oh big time. this I might help me in radio. Just the fact that you're self-reflecting and trying to, you know, do things to refine or just improve and, and whatever, I think is just such a big step because I feel like there's more longevity for those people, even in just in, in the industry, because I've seen the ones that don't do any of that work on themselves and that are that asshole and they don't do any. And they seem to kind of just they may be here for a while, but they just kind of slowly burn out and go away. And I'm like, huh, interesting. You know, the ones that kind of just don't really do any of that work don't really last after a while. But, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of people that are really not liking season three of Ted Lasso. Uh, and I feel like there are people who look like me that are in my demographic. And I believe it's because Ted Lasso is, this season is focusing very much on the behavioral science evolution of these characters. And a lot of shows, really good shows, do that. Your generation and Zoomers, I feel like, are hardwired to understand how important behavioral science is to the point where you guys just get how awareness and self-reflection, you just, you say it matter-of-factly, like, oh, of course, I mean, of course that's important. Our generation... Boomers, definitely the silent generation, and probably some older Gen Xers, they don't have that hard wire. They're like, what do you mean self-reflection? I don't have time for that. I have to keep go, 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 go. Uh, and that's what I think they don't get 
about you guys, and they don't get that wisdom that you have. Ooh, self-reflection, deep conversations, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and it makes for great radio. That's how you do great radio. That's how you grab people. You know, you don't necessarily do the big conversations like that on air, but I slip a lot of stuff in. I throw stuff in. I do a lot of stuff. That's what I add to the show, uh, and they're just little nuggets. You may or may not even get what I'm doing half the time, but I throw stuff in there because... I think it's important. I think that's what will be something that'll grab onto a, a listener where they'll go, whoa, this is so much more than just second date update. This, like, you know, it's not that second date update's bad. It's just that if you give them a little bit more with it, you have a better chance of having somebody stay with you as a relationship and not just somebody listening to the radio. That that's why I love I love behavioral science work. I think it can help me at my job get more listeners. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think when you can tap into their minds, I mean that's even just a when I went to your guys' live day just this last year, just seeing like the people that show up to that, I'm like, those are the people that like connect with you guys. You know, those aren't just, oh, we're casually listening to the radio. And I just think, man, like I, I know that people show up to influencers and events like that to meet those people. I'm like, I, I feel like more like, you know, they take the coolness out of it. More people, I think, would come to that type of event if they kind of knew, you know, and. I don't know. It was really cool to me to see that connection because I think those are the type of people you want. I love getting to see the listeners and hanging with them and talking with them. It's just so great. It's been it's been a big part of the Seattle experience when we get to do that. And our afternoon show, The Men's Room, uh, also draws a great crowd. And it's a special thing that, you know, that we have going on in, in, at this station, at this, this stage of KISW's history because KISW's just had so many great talents over the years. And we've kept in touch with a lot of them. That's the other thing uh, that I love about our station is we will bring back some heritage people who uh, Kathy Faulkner, who uh, was a was a great talent during uh, the, the Seattle Sound, the grunge years. And, you know, we just bring her back because we weren't here for that. So whenever we have any conversations about that, it's like, let's bring back somebody who was an expert and who was at the ground floor who knew these folks like she was friends with these people. Um, and she's a great talent, a great human being. And I, and you don't see that in radio. Like, you know, you, usually somebody, you know, doesn't have their job anymore or whatever happened, but our station is like, let's bring back the people and let's talk about it. We'll have Bob Rivers on from time to time, just because Bob had a gigantic show here at this station. And, um, I love that. I, that to me, that's how you create a giant listener family that can span generations um, and we're fortunate that we get to do that because some some stations, they don't get to do that. And that's another wonderful thing about where we work. It's just a great place is all I'm saying, Marie. I mean, everybody should just work here. I was going to say, I think I want to go work there now. <laughs> We'd love, uh, hey, I'd love to have you because you are, you're damn talented, girl. You know, I'd love to have you, but you're all like, I got my own stuff going on. You know, that commute we talked about, that whole thing. <laughs> What I don't have now. I know. I yeah. You we'd have to we'd have to find a way to get you to get you a little further north. That's for sure. But I we can figure it out. At least get you to Tequila. I mean, whatever. Some you know, trying to get you halfway there. I, I thank you for having me on. I, I I think the radio fam, Marie. What you guys have done is so amazing. I think it is such a wonderful group. You're a part of the radio fam. I hope you know. Am I now? Am I in? People that aren't part of the family are the ones that are assholes that we talked about earlier. So you're you're not you're not an asshole. Well, we're all a little bit of asshole, but you know what I mean. The ones that yeah. don't work on themselves. <laughs> oh, I'll always be. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I, they, you know, the thing is, is that I think everybody should be part of this radio fam. I think people should love what you guys are doing and not feel like they can't be part of that because, I mean, it's like, what are you talking about? These guys, these people are great. And you guys are very welcoming. So it's sort of, it's just like, you know, I, and I know what it's like to get in my own head. It's old school how we used to view radio. We weren't very collaborative, but that's not how it is anymore. Everybody wants everybody to do well. And if you feel on the outside like, oh, I don't know, it's like, no, come on in. We'll make you feel welcome. Uh, that's my attitude. That's how you guys make me feel. And uh, I'm happy to be part of it because, you know, I feel like this is awesome. I'm, I'm hanging out with the cool kids. And I don't, I, I, I'm smiling like, when are they going to realize, hey, who let the old guy in here? It's like the old guy at the rave. Is that really? No, it's funny because those are the people surprised. Like they are the ones that go, oh, my gosh, BJ Shea's talking to us and he's not blowing out. You know, so it's kind of cool to see it go both ways, you know, where people, you know, where I saw people getting excited and being like, no, I, like, like you talked about not going to dinner. They're like, no, I skipped out on dinner. and I was at BJ with BJ Shea for two hours. Like, that's what I want. You know, so it's it's again why collaboration is so important. Yeah, I, uh, I there's so many wonderful people, and I'm glad that these people are spreading the word, telling people to come talk to me because I love it. I, I will t I will talk to anyone who wants to talk about this business, and I will never. I, I mean, I, I hopefully I will never ever crush whatever dreams you have. Um, I can't say that I haven't done it in the past because, well, you know what, I, I was a therapist. I, I just was an idiot. Uh, but therapy has helped me see, like, I don't got to, why do you got to be that way? And usually it's probably because I was jealous on some level of somebody. Uh, but usually, hopefully, I'm very inspirational to somebody and help them, you know, get through whatever roadblock they're in. That's what I can do. I'm not going to tell them how to be great because I feel like they're going to figure out how to be great, especially if they already are pretty great. If I'm at the bar, I always buy one free beverage for anybody, whatever it is, Um it's always fun. Dallas this year. I got my T-shirt. I'm going to be wearing my boot camp T-shirt, Marie. You're also going to be on our mental health panel, so that's really exciting. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I and and a lot of people are going to have a lot of things to say about it. But and 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 I know how people are. You will not be. You will be shocked at how mental health will actually make you a better broadcaster. Every other industry, uh, anyone who's ever been successful in movies and television, I talk to them and they go and. Yeah, you know what? Really, when my career took off, when I started getting counseling, it's I, I mean, it is unbelievable. And and that's why you want to be there, not just because you think, oh, my gosh, you want to be better at this. Mental health awareness is going to and counseling will make you much better than you are. And I'm living proof of it. And, of course, a lot of the other people on the panel will say that, too. So it's exciting. You should all be there for that. Wait, well, I'll have a ticket uh, link description for that. And also all BJ's social media. If you want to reach out, you know, beforehand, let him know that you're coming, you know, to look out for you at the bar. So, and I'm old, so please tell me your name again because I'm old and I forget things. Uh, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use the line, Marie, that was used on a, on a, on a show, uh, I think it was called Roadies. This one guy did not remember this girl's name uh, that was that used to work for him. And she's like, wow, you, you don't know my name. And he goes, look, I may forget your name, but I will never forget you. And it is so true. Like, I look at somebody and go, I know who you are. Like, I know we've had a meaningful interaction. My brain can't remember your name, but I do remember you. And so that's that's a big one. Like, I really, I, th I, I want people to know that because I am like, I can't even remember my name half the time. That's why Don gives us the name tags. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. But I forgot we even get those. Never mind. Uh, no. Yeah, good point. The name tags are awesome. Uh, 
Marie, not I, I don't know why I'm wrapping it up, but thank you. Unless if you have more questions you can ask, but I felt like you were wrapping it up. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon. I know you're a busy guy, so coming on and talking to me. Well, thank you, Marie. You you have done so much for this business. You really, really have. And I I, I hope people really do appreciate people like you because it's what keeps us going is that just people like you who love it and then add your brilliance to it. So thank you. I would tell every member of management, go out and get the book Brain Rules by John Medina. It's a New York Times bestseller from a neurologist who, by the way, lives here in Washington State because all the cool people live here in Washington State. Um, it is the best book you will ever read. If you're in management and you haven't read Brain Rules, you are a failure. So that is a pro tip for anybody who thinks they're anybody. You know, read all the books you read, but if you haven't read Brain Rules, then you haven't read the premier book on how not to bore the crap out of everybody. You're listening to the Radio Fam Podcast. Find the Radio Fam on all the social platforms at the Radio Fam.